You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. This is Joe Swanson from Sullen Radio. I want to personally recommend that you go and check out the numbing cream at Inkies.com. Recently, when getting my rib cage tattooed up by my armpit, I used the Inkies numbing cream and it significantly reduced the pain of getting tattooed. I didn't even really feel the outline. I can say that it significantly reduced the pain and it made getting my rib cage tattooed not that bad. I would highly recommend that you go and check that numbing cream out at Inkies.com. And remember, from artists to collectors, Inky's Tattoo Products has you covered since 2007. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Hey everybody, this is Joe Swanson. My guest today is one of tattooing's innovators in color realism. He is the co-owner of the company Stencil Stuff. And his, his can art can be seen uh, for the 2014 Rockstar Energy Inked Up World Tour on his website, mdtattoos.com. Mike DeVries is my guest. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Make me sound so good. <laughs> no, man, it's, it's amazing. You know, it seems I've read a bit, uh, you know, a handful of interviews that you've done and, and watched some videos and stuff that have been produced about you and um, just followed your career for a long time, and, and it seems like you've been infatuated with with tattooing for a long time. You you mentioned a few times that your first experience getting tattooed was at 16. What were those first? What captured you about tattooing in the beginning, man? I mean, um, I'm 35 now. I think. Wait, 35? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 35. Um, so yeah, it's been about. It's been, I don't know, almost, I don't know, rounded off 20 years. Close to 20 years, more. yeah. Uh, yeah, um, and did that experience, like, opened my eyes to, like, wow, this is amazing. I was getting tattooed, you know, it was underground. I mean, most people would be, you know, like, uh, you know, it would be frowned upon mm -hmm. if I were to to say you know exactly what was going on um but that's it is what it is it was what it was you know what i mean um that's that's how i got into it um as far as falling in love with the art form i was like wow this is this is awesome so i was getting tattooed like literally weekly um just by some underground dudes um you know out of houses garages yeah. uh motorhomes <laughs> trailers, you name it, I was having tattoo parties at my house. I mean, I don't recommend, you know, people out there to go and do that. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I did it, but um, I don't think it's, you know, the best to do. It's, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, although, it's, but it shaped some of who you are now. I mean, obviously, we're some of our, our experiences to this point, and, Man, there's so many stories like that, you know, of tattooers who got started tattooing out of their apartment. You know, New York City is famous for, for stories coming out like that. Mike Malone did that. And all these, you know, stories of guys hand-poking stuff early on in their careers when they're 13 and 14 years old and being infatuated with at least some part of tattooing early, early on. Yeah, I mean, it's true, and to a certain extent, I need to get over it, you know, and stop being, like, hard on myself on 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 how I fell in love with it, how I got started, and how my career started, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little hard on myself on that I didn't, I didn't exactly do the traditional, you know, apprenticeship and all that bullshit, um, which is probably not bullshit, actually. It's a... Uh, it's a good thing, um, but I skipped it kind of mm -hmm. um, to a sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, back back when I was like 15, 16 years old, I mean, I was getting tattooed weekly. Um, it's just because I, I absolutely fell in love with it. Uh, a buddy of mine was like, "Yeah, I got tattooed today," and I was like, "Sweet!" So the next day I went and I got I got a piece, and 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 that was it. I just became buddies with the guys, and and you know. So what was, was that? that under what was that first piece you got? It was actually a stun. Well, my buddy, 
I don't know, it was kind of gay, but <laughs> my buddy got a moon with like a little scary face in it, and then I got a, a sun uh, on my back with a little, you know, weird scary face in it. Dude, like my first like 20 tattoos that I've gotten have all been covered up or lasered. <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> were were those designs um, like were the designs that that guy had? Did he have them in a book or did he have them like were they old? Were they old national brand or they the tattoo brand Flash or how how did how did he how did you end up picking a son or did he just draw that shit right up? Yeah, he just I, you know I'm I'm pretty sure if I recall I, I think most of the stuff he drew up um, you know actually. The, the flash stuff I got was when I turned 18 and I was, you know, going to shops. You know, once I turned 18, I was like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. I could go to a shop and get tattooed. And that's when I was I started picking shit off the wall, um, which has all been covered as well, for the most part, covered or altered, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and he was drawing custom stuff, I guess. Um <laughs> For the most part, yeah. I mean, and it, and it wasn't half bad actually. And it, and and when I when I talk about it being like you know possibly frowned upon and all that stuff, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a professional shop, but uh, I was paying attention, and it was clean. It was it was it was legit for being underground. Let's just right. say that. Yeah. You know? So, what, so you, yeah. you you paying attention at that at that early stage, knowing that it's. How did you know that it was kind of frowned upon? Had you been in any other shops? I mean, you were only 16. Or was it just like you kind of knew, felt that vibe that it was like, okay, this is kind of, kind of, you know, punk rock? <laughs> you know what? Honestly, at that time, I really didn't give a shit. Yeah. At that time, I was young. I was young. I, was, I didn't care. I just wanted to get tattooed. I was mm-hmm. hanging out with some badass dudes. And I didn't care. I didn't know it was frowned upon. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? I was, I was just getting tattooed, and I was the, the only dude that would tattoo me. You know where I was from, so you know I wasn't 18, so I couldn't go to a shop. So you know I was just doing it because it was cool, and uh, and obviously I, I had a passion for it, or else I wouldn't be there like you know every other day, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was Did one you- of those things that. I, I didn't know it was frowned upon until I started tattooing professionally mm-hmm. and getting more into it, you know, as I got, you know, as, as my my career progressed, I guess you would say. Right. Yeah. Did your parents flip out when you were coming at 16, coming home, just seriously getting tattoos? Did they care? My parents? Yeah. I think because oh. my, my dad hated tattoos, dude. Like my dad, I got a small tattoo on my shoulder blade. He he fucking hated it. You know, I got one on my forearm like the next, you know, summer. And he's like, you know, you're just like you're he felt like I was putting myself down a path of just like you're only going to be able to do this in your life. You know, he still had that old mindset of that shits for bikers. And I mean, it was done by a biker, you know, my second tattoo. So. Maybe he had valid thought, but, you know, he hated that shit. Did you I mean, and I was 18. I at that point, I got my first tattoo at 18 um, by a guy who I ended up working for a couple of years later or a handful of years later um, when I first started tattooing. But how did your parents feel about that, man, coming home 16 or did they know or were you just out running amok? Well, I was definitely out running amok, but uh <laughs> You know, for, for for some reason, I thought it'd be a good idea to to go ahead and uh, go about that system that they say. You know, go ahead and ask for permission. And uh, you know, so I actually I asked my parents or my mom, I, I believe. I was like, "Hey, is it cool?" You know, my buddy. You know, my buddy, a really good friend of mine, still to this day, my buddy Scott. Um, I was like, "Hey, Scott, Scott got a tattoo. <laughs> you know, uh, could I get one?" And they, I think they appreciated the fact that I asked, so they said yeah. Nice. So they they allowed it, and I don't think they really knew what was about to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they let you. Um, they let you loose. They didn't know they unleashed the beast. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I just started getting tattooed, and uh, you know, I don't think I told them about every single one. But, I mean, eventually I was 18, and I could just do whatever I want, so I moved out and just 
continue to get tattooed. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, I asked for permission. They said, yeah. And, and that was that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were pretty much, that's cool, man. That's, that's such a cool, <laughs> that's such a cool story that your, your parents were kind of in on the whole thing from the, from early yeah. on. Um, I have photos. I have actually, I, I have photos of when I was, I don't know, I don't know, 15 or 16 years old that in the background in my bedroom from old flash tattoo magazines that say get tattooed or die with a big old skull, you know? Um, so, I mean, I was just into it, you know, like just, you know, white zombie post. My, my, my room was like filled with posters of just all kinds of stuff and, and tattoos were very well, uh, a part of it. You know what I mean? From bands so, and yeah. shit like that or, yeah, I mean, you name it. Hmm. So you were seeing that those were your earliest influence of t influences that you saw tattoos on were, were like band guys and, and shit in magazines. Uh, yeah, magazines helped. Um, I mean, because back then there was no social media. I mean, the only time you saw really mag uh, tattoos was uh, in the magazines. But before that, I mean, People have asked me, you know, my, my earliest uh, visuals, and, and I would have to say my grandpa, uh, he, you know, was in the military, uh, and he had tattoos on his arms and mm -hmm. stuff, and, and that was probably my earliest uh, visuals on, on tattoos, and I don't know, <laughs> but I, I, I honestly, I can't remember if I, if I liked them or not, I just remember them. Um, do you I remember really what like... they were or, or what he had or just, <laughs> the, or just the images that, that he had tattoos? I wish I could, I wish I knew. Um, he actually passed away recently, but I wish I knew what they were, but you know how, you know how it is, you know, old ass tattoos are just a big blob. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. That's what they were. It was a, they were big blobs. Let's yeah. Put it that way. <laughs> exactly. But they were cool. I mean, you know what I mean? A big blob could be cool. I st you know? I still see the tattoos that were done, you know, back in, you know, way back when, you know, nowadays there there are big blobs and some of them man you still can see those shapes in there and you still recognize what they are and I always tell the guys that are wearing them, um, man, that that's the coolest tattoo I've seen today. And <laughs> it's usually true, man, because it's so it's so cool to see something that's that old and it still has its shape and still holds up, you know? Well, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of this, I don't know. I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but, uh, you know, people always like trip out, like, you know, your work going to hold up over time. Well, it's mm -hmm. like, who the fuck cares? To be <laughs> honest with you, you know, we're all going to fucking die. So, I mean, like take my grandpa, for, for example, I didn't know what the hell was on his arm. It was it was probably outlined to death, right? And like people would trip out like early on, ten years ago. That oh oh, Mike DeVries isn't doing a tattoo with a black outline. So they trip out and be like, oh, that's not going to last over time. Well, who the fuck cares? It probably is actually. It's probably going to look better, to be honest with you, because it's not going to blur out. You know what I mean? You're you're gonna probably be able to tell what it is easier than black line to death that turns green and turns into a blob over sure. time. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I, realistically speaking. Well, and we've seen we've seen your your work, guys. Like, you know, let's talk about it. we've seen that work for ten years. You know, we've seen we know what's gonna what it's gonna do and how it's gonna hold up. And I think that. You know, you guys at the top level of the photorealism game have broken down a formula of being able to put the right amount of dark and contrast and shapes in there so that, you know, let's say the real fine-tuned details do blend out over time. It's still going to look good because it's still done in a fashion that all the shapes are there, all the tones are there, and, and there's a high contrast, and it's, it's going to look good. You guys have done it. I mean, I, well, we've seen that. Yeah, it is true, and there's also guys that do it that, you know, I would agree with some of those guys that, hey, 
you know, it's going to look like shit in 10 years. But I agree with both sides. Um, it just it just depends. Just like what you just said, the contrast levels, the levels of dark, um, you know, being spread out a little bit mm-hmm. and not being so tight with it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of variables that go into it to make it look good over time. Um, some guys got it, some guys don't. Um, I think it's all it's it's all a learn learning in progress um, type of thing. But uh, when did I don't know. when did you when you first well, started? I, I would love to I would love to know when you when you first started really being drawn to that style and it took a turn for you like let me i'm going to do this style and i'm going to really dive into it and break it down and were you being influenced by outside you know who were you being influenced by was it painting was it other people that were tattooing um where did that whole what's the history of that color realism in tattooing honestly i think it happened by accident um, because when I first started tattooing, the guy that taught me, um, like I said early on, um, I didn't really have a typical apprenticeship. I, I paid a guy, uh, you know, I, I hung drywall on a, on a, you know, in his living room on, on the ceiling. I did can lights. That's, that's what I did. I did, I did construction. So I did a bunch of work at, at his house and I paid him some money and he taught me. Um, but he did really bold, colorful uh, type of tattoos. And so when I first started tattooing, I was doing everything. But yeah, it, did, it didn't matter. Like, you know, I was doing tribal to you know, whatever. It, it, it didn't matter. Um, and then just all of a sudden, this one guy was like, hey, I want a lion. All right, so I did a lion. And then I did uh, a, a couple of pinups. And then, I, and then all of a sudden, like, more and more people wanted realism in color so it's just it just escalated and all of a sudden everybody wanted more and more of it and then and then i and then i met a couple of dudes you know like uh mike demasi for example i ended up becoming really good buddies with that guy and uh i saw him in a magazine once and you know we ended up traveling all over all over the place and being conventions together and um yeah, we had a lot of fun together, you know, just traveling the country, just doing conventions and doing, you know, the color realism stuff. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't something that, that when I started tattooing that I was like, you know what, I'm going to do color realism and that's it. It was, uh, I think I fell into it kind of by accident just because a couple guys asked for it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it came out good. And then all of a sudden more people wanted it. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Did you approach it a certain way early on? Do you still approach it the same way? I mean, when you were first being asked for, let's say, a, a, you know, a color, a, a color portrait of, I don't know, some celebrity. Did back then in in the early time in the early days, did you break it down like a black and gray portrait and know that you wanted to blend things out a certain way, and or did you just how did you approach that? Because you were developing that style as as you were doing it, you... um, you know, at that time, I was still I was still, well, shit, I still think I'm practicing, <laughs> but back then I was I was just practicing, you know, I was just trying to just do what they wanted, and uh, if it came out good, cool, and and it did, and and I think that's what kind of just elevated myself to the next level to kind of that kind of got my name out there mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Um, and, and, and like I said, I think it was just good timing, like by accident. I don't know if it's the right words, but you know, it was, it was just good timing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you certainly have the, have the talent and put in the time to back up the timing. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you've done the, to me, you've elevated, you know, your tattooing, you continue to elevate it. And that's what, I mean, a true artist is going to continue to try to strive to be better every day. Um, and I think I see that's what you, you know, guys at your level, guys that are doing the really crazy photorealism stuff, you know, not only from here in America, but in, in Europe, 
Boris, Randy Engelhard, you know, all the um, guys here, Roman, you know, Rich Pineda, those guys, all the Sullen guys too, you know, it's, it's cool to see everybody elevating it to another level. I mean, you look at the, some stuff now where, you know, you talked about that monkey piece that you did that kind of put you on the map a little bit in one of your Sullen TV um, interviews. And you had this like glossy kind of wet look on the tongue. And I mean, that was the first kind of version of that. And you see guys doing that today. That's um, that I'm sure they they saw that work that you did and they're just developing, you know, on top of that. How do you continue to inspire yourself to keep pushing to get better? And, and is there a way to get I mean, to take it even to another level that you see? Yeah, well, now that you remind me of of that monkey and, and just the way that like I remember back back in the day when I when I was taking my buddy around that I did that on and uh was winning awards all over the place and 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 I had like true like true like for real big time tattoo artist I'm a, I'm a new guy to the scene at this time. And, and and I did that monkey with the wet tongue, and they were they were tripping the fuck out. They're like, "What the, what's going on here? Like, is that real? Like, they thought it was some like stick it and lick it, you know, press it on tattoo or something." But you know, now that you just reminded me of it, it it's pretty crazy because I didn't really think that I I I did anything crazy when I when I first did it. You know, I traveled around, yes. I won awards with it, yes. Yeah, it was cool. Like, I was, it was very, it was it was awesome. But, like, I didn't really think, like, years later, I'd still be talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean. It wasn't till those other tattooers that maybe you, you know, recognized as, as probably having talent and, and looked up to were dumbfounded by it, right? I mean. It sounds to me yeah, like, like, do you have a moment where you were just like, holy shit, I can't believe that it's getting this kind of buzz or that this person likes that shit? Because you said, how many years did you have in tattooing at that point? At that point, I was tattooing for about a year and a half, shit. two years maybe. <laughs> um, I didn't really believe it at, at that point. I thought people were just shooting some shit at me like, eh, whatever, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So, but it was cool. Like, yeah, cool. All right, I'm gonna try and get better. Like, that's that's what I just kept telling myself, and and I keep telling myself that, and I have to keep telling myself that because honestly, here's the truth. Like, there's thousands of tattoo artists out there that are better than me now. I mean, that's that's the truth. Like, like you just men- mentioned Randy. Um, I can mention a bunch of guys and girls, actually, mm-hmm. that are surpassing me and a lot of the guys that started out doing realism, color realism, black and gray, it doesn't matter, I don't care. All of a sudden, I mean, just all they're just doing incredible work. I don't know if they're freaking taking a week on one piece or what the hell they're doing, but they're catching on quick and they're and they're surpassing us. I mean, there's a few guys that are still, you know, killing it. Um, but these new guys, it was it was almost like me, like, kind of, if you really think about it. Okay, I was doing some stuff that people didn't see, really, within a year, year and a half of me tattooing. Um, they're doing it now in a year. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. did he really just do that? Like... And these people are blowing up, you know what I mean? Especially with social you know, media and all that stuff, these people are blowing up big time. And I'm just stoked to be kind of a part of it. You know, I'm still trying to do my thing and still trying to get better and all that stuff. But, I mean, some of these guys are just killing it, you know? I mean, I, I hands down to these guys um, across the globe that um, they are, they're killing it. You know, and, and it's cool. Do you attribute that to the internet? I mean, do you attribute that to this flow of information now that we're in with the internet? I mean, everything's available to people from equipment to 
videos to you know discussions i mean to to everything is available now to not you know man to the simplest form of instagram you can scroll on your phone every day and see new good shit i think 100% it's instagram i mean well yeah i remember you know myspace when it was myspace and you're like holy shit i got this many friends like whoa who's going to be my top 8 you know what i mean <laughs> um all the way down shit to, i like, forgot i forgot like, about the top 8 dude like that's some oh, old do you remember like about picking your music yeah, uh, I remember. You gotta have the right song. Uh huh. Yep. You got the music. I, I forgot about the top eight. I left MySpace about the time when they were getting the little emojis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, MySpace. I mean, dude, that was that was hot back then. Um, but then you know, all of a sudden they did something stupid, and then everybody switched to Facebook, and then Face. You know. So, okay. Flash forward, we're at Instagram. Yes, I think 1,000% it is putting people on the map, mm-hmm. for sure. You know what I mean? At, at the time, like, when I first started and, and, and started traveling around, you, you literally have to get off your ass and travel in order for people to see your shit. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, post something on Instagram, then you get, you know, you know, one of these pages that are, you know, share tattoos, and all of a sudden you know, these guys are blowing up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I definitely 100% believe that uh, social media, Instagram, uh, nowadays, uh, in, in this day and age, is, is blowing people up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Where does that lead? Where does that move? I mean, where does that take tattooing then? You know, when, what's that next big leap in, I mean, I guess there's going to be a few leaps. I mean, there there's, the way you say it, there may be a big leap in quality because everybody's, you know, there's, thousands of tattooers now with this kind of collective idea that I have to get better and I have to compete in this swarm of other tattooers. And so they're continually going to innovate. They're going to continually search for the new best tool and process, you know, what's, um, man, where, where is this thing going? Do you think? Well, that years better and better they're going to take their existing style okay let's say somebody had a traditional or uh, new school or, or uh, Japanese style let's just whatever mm-hmm. it doesn't matter and then they see that realism is like what the fuck like okay well when they do realism and then you could escalate your career into something that's like profound because I don't know it, it's just weird like when, when when you could see somebody like okay oh shit that's a that's a portrait of Rambo like you could you could associate yourself with with something so quickly that it, it's recognizable mm-hmm. um, and I think that's why that realism guys blow up so quickly versus something different because you can't associate it yourself with it like mm-hmm. you can't put yourself in that place and time compared to like Terminator or, or whatever. So people that do that type of stuff, they blow up quicker. So I think the evolution of it is taking that Japanese style or taking any other style that you could imagine and putting it together, meshing it together with realism is going to be your next style. And I said this, I'm going to say three to four years ago, and it's, it's published in, uh, I believe, uh, Tattoo Prodigies, the first Prodigies book that I put out. Um, I, I said that, and and it started happening. Basically, like new school mixed with realism, which mm-hmm. is like a, a, it's almost like a newer school. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's you, not even called new school. Yeah, you see guys you know? doing some very crazy mix of styles i mean it, there's everything from the you know you got guys doing very high level color realism with sections of the piece that are going to have you know dot work in it that is going to blend to another section that has you know some traditional flowers and it's all really really well done and it's all at the highest level of each style and so 
I mean, is that is that where guys are going to have to they're going to have to step the game up and really develop all those styles? It's going back to having to do everything that walks through the door, you know, <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's overall, um, that's what it's going to have to take to, t- to go to the next level. I mean, obviously, we're going to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We can't stay at the same level for the next 20 years. It's not going to happen. Um, you're going to have better artists. You're going to have better this, better that. Um, so something's going to have to happen. Something's going to have to give. And I think what it is is their pre-existing skills, let's say it was new school, and now they started doing real realism, okay, now they have to combine the two to go to the next level, and that's what you're going to start seeing, which we already have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you're going to see more of in the future, um, and I think that's what's going to. I think that's what's going to be the next level, uh, on top of just getting better artists in the industry that are like straight out of you know college universities. Mm-hmm. that are just going to our minds, you know what I mean? Right, they approach things differently. You know, well, yeah, they, I mean, they approach they it. how to tattoo, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a different approach you know, to I've... somebody that's coming out of, I, I think, personally, there would be a different approach to somebody that's coming out of art school, going to, going to be getting into tattooing as a, you know, a way to get their art, art out, you know, and the difference between, and maybe it doesn't happen as much these days that people get into it under these, um, under this way. But when I got into it, it was you're gonna apprentice, and it was more blue collar. You had it was more, you know, people just it was production line, and people are gonna come in, and you had to wait in the front. And I think a lot of guys nowadays are getting into it, and they have a great opportunity to get into it and start out very in a niche that they want to start out and with it and develop their own unique style. So, um, you know, I think it's a cool time to be tattooing. I think it's a great, a great time for, for artists to really, you know, continue kind of what guys like, you know, yourself. And then before you, Ed Hardy, um, those guys, you know, were breaking boundaries and they were breaking rules. And like you said, is it, does it matter in 10 years if that tattoo, how it looks, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's debatable. Some people would probably strongly debate you on that. Um, but ultimately, if I'll the customer debate any day, yeah, I think ultimately, if the customer is happy, that's what that's what bottom line. It, it, that's what's important. The can't you know if if the person that is is happy with the art that that artist that they're paying that artist for, man, I, I think that's great. You know, they're they're yeah. part of that yeah. experience. They're they're part of that innovation. You know. I'm sure that those people that uh, got tattooed by Ed Hardy when he was in his peak, you know, in, in San Francisco, at, um, you know, pumping out all that huge, you know, body of work, I'm sure they felt really cool being a part of, and maybe they didn't know necessarily how big of a part they were, you know, they were playing with his, with him developing this style and, and developing tattooing, but, I mean, they had to have uh, known that they were they were a part of something cool. I would sure hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's um what's going on uh with you right now, man? You have a shop in um, you have a shop currently right now. You also just been uh, traveling a little bit for the uh, Inked Up World Tour. Any other trips planned, or are you going to be sticking close to home? I've been uh, sticking close to home for a while now. Like I mentioned earlier, I was traveling a lot. Um, especially with uh, Mike Demosky for a while. Um, but, yeah, I cut it way back. Um, just got sick of, you know, the whole travel, waiting for the airplane, your your luggage getting lost. And <laughs> there was one time I went and did a guest spot, and, and literally every single thing out of my tattoo box was on the conveyor belt. You know, like my machines were like, falling down the thing and my ink bottles were just completely going around the thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was gnarly. But, uh, 
it just got to the point where it's like, uh, you know, I, I got the family, I, I, you know, I got the wife, I got the kid, I got the dog. Um, I didn't want to stay home. Yeah, you'd you had done. You had I, you'd put in your miles. I put in some miles. I mean, I don't I don't feel like I put in as many miles as, as some guys, but I put in some miles. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I, I did. Yeah. What's well, nice that um, with the connectivity that the internet brings us, that uh, you know, guys like you that did put in that time early on and did what you had to do to develop and grow as artists and put yourself out there to to the marketplace. It's cool that you can you can do that. You can taper back a, a travel schedule and and really be specific on what you're doing. Um, because you're connected to those fans and those people that like your work and that are interested in it, you know, every day via social media. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, when I just, I just got back from the, uh, Canada, uh, Ink Dev World Tour and, uh, you know, there's some guys that are like, holy shit, you know, I did, I did 35 conventions this year. It's like, how many, how many did you do? I'm like, uh, this is my second. And this is all I have for this year is two. Mm-hmm. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Why, why? Why do you need to travel so much? Uh, you do one post on Instagram and you reach more people than you did at a slow ass convention that you did in Missouri. Uh, so why would I do that? And they're like, uh, yeah, you got a good point. Um, but you know, I do like, I, I really do like the fact of traveling. Um, but the thing is, is like, you got to go out of the, out of the States, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To, to, to really, to get the full effect of what it used to be, you know, it used to be awesome. Like, I mean, it still is. I mean, you still see your friends and, and and all that good stuff. I mean, there's a lot of you know pros to it. You know, there's, there's the pros and the cons and all that stuff. But honestly, like the real pros, you gotta get you gotta get you know out of the United States, which is sad because it's oversaturated with uh, tattoo conventions nowadays, and, and and that's why I've cut back, I guess, because you do a convention. And you know, fifty people show up. It's like, what the fuck was the point? Why? Why did I pack all my shit, pay for all the travel, all this bullshit, to go sit in the hotel room to go and and there's fifty people that mm-hmm. showed up all week. Right. Like this, is, this is crap. Yeah, it's, you know, it's so tough. It's like, yeah, it is. It is tough. But I think, and I still, I, I believe this. I've, I've been, I've been saying this for the last couple of years. Uh, last three, four years when conventions started to go downhill. And that is, I think it's going to go in full circle. Okay. I think what's going to happen is all these guys that are like, yeah, I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to put on a convention. Okay, cool. Put on that convention and lose your ass. Okay. You're going to lose money because only 50 people show up. Okay. And then when they do that, eventually, okay, maybe they might try for like two or three years and they're going to lose more money. Okay, now they're going to stop because they're sick of losing money, right? So then eventually there's not going to be that many tattoo conventions like it used to be. You know, there's a, it'll be very special like mm-hmm. it used to be. And then now all of a sudden, oh, shit, there's only three or four conventions throughout the country. Well, shit, I'm going to fly to Los Angeles to go to that convention or I'm going to fly to so-and-so to that convention because I have no other choice because not next weekend there's going to be a convention in my neck of the woods. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they're not wait. So I think it's going to take some time. Um, I don't know how long, you know, maybe five years, maybe 10, but it'll go in full circle and then maybe... I'm hoping that tattoo conventions will become precious again, mm-hmm. uh, like they used to be. Um, and I, I, I think that's going to happen because how how can't it mm-hmm. when they lose money? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've said it before. Lyle Tuttle says it's five years and it's going to, and it's going to do exactly what you're saying, you know, dry up and and there's going to be a handful of handful of people that know how to run them and that have the, you know, the respect of the industry and the support of the industry, the community. And I've made this distinction on my other podcast and I'll make it here that there is the tattoo industry and that's this big, huge, crazy monster. And there's the tattoo community. And that's, you know, the folks that are tight knit and have like-minded, they want the best for um, tattooing. And there's, they're definitely two different things, you know, and you can feed into either as much as you want. Um, but I think that, um, it's an interesting time. I, I, man, you said something crazy on, on an, on another one of your videos that, um, you know, Hey, what's, what's going to happen when they're offering this at a, you know, community college or a university level or an art school level. And some kid's going to major in tattooing. Holy shit, man. That, that'll, that'll (laughs) blow some minds. Talk about that because that is intense to think about. Well, it's coming, and, and I want to tell everybody right now that if you're a tattoo artist and you think that the shit's sacred, well, you better think again, and you better, like, you know, tie your shoes on tight because it's coming. And I'll, I'll tell you, it is coming because why wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Ask yourself that. Why, why wouldn't you be able to major in tattooing? Now, I'm not saying if it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's coming. Right. Well, know, I think at that point, if it happens and they and they figure out a way to, you know, my first question is, all right, well, who who teaches that? Sean Barber? That's it. Because that's, you know, who other what other guys you're going to have to have people that can teach and um, also know the craft. And so, you know, it's going to take some time to develop those people. And and but when it comes you know, it's man, that is so crazy. I think it's going to get to the point where now your tattooers are like painters. You know, these days everybody knows a tattooer. I think, man, you could pretty much like one degree of separation for for a tattooer. Everybody's got one in their family, and you know, I think when it come becomes that, or if it ever does become that, what you're talking about, you know, where you can go and major in tattooing and you know take. Um, you know, needle making 101 and, and, or needle buying. I don't know what you would have to take. Um, but it's, I think they become more exclusive than how many, how many painters do you know right now that are, that are making a living off of painting a handful, maybe, you know, the general public most certainly probably doesn't know any, you know, they just go in and they purchase their stuff from pier one or, or whatever they're going to, you know, from, from Kmart and they're going to get their art and put it up in their house. So I think it's going to become really collector if that ever does become the case, you know, and these people will have high hopes of going in and and majoring in tattooing, I think, and get out on the, on the grind and really figure out that it's not that easy to, to do it, especially in the day and age that we're in today. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I sure hope it, it, it'll take a long time uh, for that even to happen to for, for college to to offer it and I'm sure it'll be just like that TV show um, you know that you know all these guys are gonna you know ban it and this and that ban the college guys ban this you know um, that you're gonna get some sort of uh, backlash as far as that goes but eventually it's gonna win. I mean, it is, and it it might not be in our lifetime. It might not be, but eventually it will be because it's just the way it's gonna be. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's I a mean, very I've, young, it's a very young craft. You know, well, it's an old craft, but it's a very young industry. Let's put it that way. You know, it's 120 years <laughs> old or something from the time that the first tattoo machine was was patented. You know, 1891. So that's when it begins in industry you know, in my, in my kind of estimation, it begins to develop that into, yeah, you know, from, from like guys on the pike that were, that were blue collar guys that made flash because it was a tool and, you know, had machines and, and needles and tubes because they were tools to make another dollar. 
you know, not to create a piece of fine art. And so there's a, I think these days it's interesting because there's a fine balance between, you know, is it fine art or is it a, is it a, tr you know, is it a, um, a job, you know, it's a lot of, and there's, there's the whole spectrum of it. You know, there's guys that are creating pieces of fine art and there's guys that are creating, you know, uh, doing a job for a, you know, a bit of money and, and it's a, does that make sense? It's, there's, there's this whole yeah, wide spectrum and, and it's, um, it's crazy. It's to say that again. I think it's both. Mm -hmm. It'll always be both. Yeah. You're going to get the guys that are like super badass that are going to create amazingness, you know, and blow up. And then there's the guys that are going to do shit out of the garage down the street for, you know, whatever amount of dollar just to make a buck. They don't care just to, you know, put the food on the table. Um, but you're, you're going to get everything from that to the masters and everything in between. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it's going to be forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, there's no, there's no other way to stop it. Right. Yeah. Talking about advancement of, of skill and, and you utilizing proper tools and things like that are, I know you have a, you do have a DVD on Photoshop and utilizing Photoshop in your art and tattooing. Um, how long have you been doing that? Dabbling with that, digital type of uh tool that can enhance your tattooing was that early on in the color portrait game well yeah kind of um it did help uh early on and then years later um well maybe not years later but you know some time passed and, and i used it to bump up bump up the contrast on a lot of pieces or do like color overlays or, or uh, sharpen things, you know, all kinds of stuff to, to you know, making images. Uh, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. I guess you got to buy the DVD. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I met this guy, uh, Jamie Lee Parker, that uh, he actually helped me do the DVD. And he was, he was, he was like almost a damn near expert in Photoshop. And he's the one that taught me um, to go over, to go over what I knew already. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I already knew some stuff, but to like, to really to, to, to outdo like my knowledge of Photoshop, he's the one that showed me a lot of stuff. And ever since then, that's all I do. Um, and somebody might argue like, well, okay, why? would you do that or that it's not good or blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I mean, at the end of the day, it's a huge time saver for me. Mm -hmm. And I could Photoshop something faster than I could draw something. Hmm. So, I mean, if I could do that faster, then why wouldn't I? Right. Um, and I could sit there and do it in front of somebody in five minutes instead of one hour to, to do a back piece. I mean, I mean, I would pick Photoshop over and over again. I mean, mm -hmm. have you used the, uh, the have you used the, uh, the like the Wacom tablets and the digital digital drawing tablets? Yeah, I mean, I, I have them. I have uh, a couple different generations of them. Mm -hmm. um, they're cool. Um, yeah, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, it really helps. Uh, I want to get home in time for supper. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I don't call it supper, but <laughs> okay. I want to get home to eat with my family. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? I don't want to sit at the shop from, you know, actually we open at 10 and, and we go until we, we go yeah. until we're done. And I want to get home mm -hmm. at some point at a decent hour. So it's like, you know what, there's, there's some people that could freehand stuff, you know, in five minutes. There's some people that could, you know, draw something out crazy in five minutes and throw it through the, you know, thermal fax. That, that's great. Okay. I don't do that. I, I Photoshop something in five minutes and then hand make my stencil mm -hmm. and then tattoo it. Uh, that's what I do. 
So, do you, do you I mean, think that last strokes for different folks? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely different strokes for different folks. I think you can utilize what tools you're comfortable with to enhance your own process. Now, it's um, interesting, as you've said it now, about your process. It's digital all the way up until the last the last two steps, which is hand draw the stencil and tattoo it. Do you think that last step, going back to hand drawing it, um, this just the stencil, is puts you back, puts you in a different then mindset to translate it into a tattoo as opposed to you know digitally creating a stencil and then bam it's right to skin and that's the well, first time you've really moved your hand over those lines I think I think it's a it's a work in progress from step one mm -hmm. and step one is what is your what do you want what do you want oh okay a, a pirate henna Okay. Okay. Let's 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 go with that. Okay, that's step one. Mm -hmm. Step two is finding pirates, finding pinups, meshing them together, that type of thing. Okay, that's kind of step two. Step three. Okay. Okay. Now I'm gonna. You know what? I don't like that hat. Okay. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna work with a different hat. I'm gonna draw a different hat digitally. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's step four or five. Okay. Then eventually we're into like step six or seven and then when i get into my stencil making when i actually i i hand make all my stencils so when i'm at stage eight or nine i i also it, it's not it's not computer you know it, it's me right um and i i kind of i i create that stencil part um you know out of my head so that's you know Step nine or ten, then mm -hmm. by the time I pencil on, that's eleven or twelve. Then, you know, I might erase parts of it and draw on parts of it. That's you know, step thirteen or fourteen. And by the time I tattoo it, it's step like twenty-five. You know what I mean? Because by the time I get to it, it could completely change. Because mm -hmm. just because there's a stencil there doesn't mean that that's what I'm going to do. Right. Do you like if to make any sense at all? Yeah, absolutely. Do you like to play with with the the image while it's once it's on the skin, the stencil's there. Do you go directly off that, or do you like to play with it? There's guys that you know, guys like Stefano Alcantara, who I've talked to on my other podcast, and he likes to have use a stencil as um, you know that guide, but then he'll use different textures and different things in in different places. Um, do you like to do that, or do you know going in what you're going to have coming out? Well, yeah, the, the, like like I said, like step when I when I skip like ten different steps, it's it's because I just I just do what I do. Like, mm -hmm. okay, I made I made a stencil, I put the stencil on. Just because I did that doesn't mean I'm going to do exactly what that stencil is. I, I completely veer away from that stencil as far as I can, actually. Um, and the reason being is, I've said this before uh, to, a, to a few different people that are doing realism, and, and I find it quite true, and, and I try and explain it for them to understand, and, and it's, it's pretty simple. Okay, so like, if everybody did... I'm going to use the same example as I did earlier. Okay, let's say everybody did the same picture of uh, a Terminator photo. Okay. Everybody nailed it. Everybody did it so damn perfect. It was unbelievable. Well, then what good is that when it looks the same and 50 different artists did the same damn thing and it looks identical? Mm -hmm. Nobody stood out. Well, I want to stand out. So for me, I'm going to make that stencil, and I'm going to not even look at the reference at all. Well, okay, I'll take that back. Maybe a couple times. <laughs> right. Um, you know what I mean? Sure. So it's more like, oh, Mike DeVries did that, or so-and-so did that, mm -hmm. and not, oh, fuck, I have no idea who did that. You yeah. know what I mean? Because if, if everybody I did it, and it was, you know, the same, then that, that, that's no fun. Has that been something from early on that you've, that you have 
consciously thought about, hey, I want to make these specific moves and, and so that I can kind of define my my style within this within this, you know, yeah. niche of tattooing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's why sometimes people will say, Oh well that doesn't look like exactly like so and so or or that doesn't or that shirt color wasn't that bright or that you know, that, that's why you might see that type of stuff. Uh-huh. But yeah, yeah. I do that because I wanna be a little bit different than four thousand other people. <laughs> right. When you continue to be on the cutting edge, man, I think, you know, with with you know, websites and, and digital stuff and, and things like that, how big is how big does that stuff play into into your overall um, creativity? D- does your creativity bleed into all that that shit too? Is all, all the all the marketing shit for for the tattoo shop? Do you like to have your hands in that? For for, for social Just media? like yeah, I mean social media, but um, like your website and you know how your shop is presented and things like that. Do you like to be hands-on with, with that kind of stuff? Uh, gosh, to answer your question, you know, I just go to work every day and do the best I can, try and change it up the best I can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like with, with what I just said, um, Everything else just kind of falls into place. Like all my artists that work for me, they, they do what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people that I have are amazing, you know, freehanders. Some are, you know, amazing. Just, they just draw on the fly um, to, you know, you name it. Um, it. It's all different, you know. I just try and do what I do and, and try and get better each day. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's all you can do, right? That's all, yeah, you, you said it. That's all you can do. Oh. Um, well, when was the last time you got tattooed? Oh, God. Uh, the last time I got tattooed was probably uh, about a month ago uh, by a guy that works with me, Daniel Shishudian. He was actually a buddy of mine. From way back, uh, right? Like you guys were kids oh, or yeah. something. Yeah. How do you, how do you know about that? I, you talked about it in another video, man. I was trying to do my homework and you know, uh, for for the interview. So um, that's that's that was cool to me to see that. And I actually have his name written down in my notes because um, how is that for you working with a dude that was like from way back, your homie, and now you guys get to work together as tattoo artists? Yeah, to say homie is not even the proper word i mean best friend probably isn't even the proper words um daniel was was my boy like we grew up together but that's all we knew Mm -hmm. of each other you know what i mean like we're throwing rocks out of our treehouse down you know cars driving down the street you know what i mean like everything you could think of we did together like you know all the way down to all the bad shit you could think of vandalizing the rugs or whatever you want to call it but me and daniel were boys we actually learned how to tattoo together as well uh which a lot of people i don't think don't know um but he caught on i mean he he always was see daniel was a guy that i looked up to beyond belief when i was young like you know 12 years old this motherfucker could draw Anything, at any time, anywhere, any place, you just tell him what to draw, he'll draw it. And it was perfect. And I, and I, I always looked up to this, this this guy. And I was like, the son of a bitch. So, but <laughs> there was one day, you know, you know, we were actually both in construction at the same time. And then it, it came to the time where it's like, okay, well, I look you want to learn how to tattoo, I have this opportunity. And he's like, yeah, all right, let's do it. So we actually learned together. A lot of people don't know that. Did you, so uh, talk about your, talk about this because your, I don't know if, it was, I think it was your cousin or something got had been offered 
a, the tattoo apprenticeship first? How did how was it that he got offered, and then you kind of picked up on that? And now also you're telling me that you're bringing in your your buddy to go learn at the same time. Was you how did this all come about? Well, uh, my cousin Matt, he he, my cousin Matt is actually the best artist out of anybody that I know. To be honest no with shit. you. And uh, so, you know, over a decade ago, uh, you, know, you know, when I was about to learn how to tattoo, uh, he, my, my cousin Matt actually drew a tattoo for me. It was a cover-up for my arm. It was a castle. It was actually a really badass drawing. And I, I told Jim, the, the dude that, that taught me, I was like, can you do this? And he, he's like, yeah, yeah, that'll work. That, that'll definitely work. So I was like, all right, cool. So, but then Jim asked my my cousin Matt. He's like, hey, you want to learn how to tattoo? You you got skills. <laughs> and my my cousin my cousin Matt's like, no, not really, no, no, I'm not interested. He just had no interest was, in it. He was just like, fuck it. No, he he just wasn't into it. Yeah. He, I think I I think he wanted he ended up going to like you know art school and and all this crazy shit uh, for art, but I was like um, I, I rose my hand and I was like I'll do it, and he's like wait, wait what do you mean you'll do it? I was like yeah I wanna I wanna learn, and he's like can you draw? And I was like yeah yeah I can draw, and he's like okay well show me, so I showed him and he's like okay, all right, when do you want to start? <laughs> so that's when I ended up doing all the work on his house. I paid him some money. And then, you know, you know, fairly soon I, I started to learn how to tattoo. Um, but then, you know, honestly, I can't remember exactly how Daniel got on board, but uh, he got on board. <laughs> uh, I must have went to work with, you know, in construction and I, I must have mentioned something, and he was like, "All right, I'll do it too." <laughs> and and he did. So we both learned actually at the same time. Um, but years later, we didn't meet up until actually we didn't we didn't really talk that much. Like all of a sudden, we we kind of lost contact from each other for years. Huh. He was doing his own thing, I was doing mine, and then uh, years later. All of a sudden, you know, he finally got he got better, he got better, he got better, he got better, and then, uh, you know, I had a shop at that time, and then, you know, I gave him a shop. So yeah, he works at my shop now, and and that was the the last guy that tattooed me. Um, I got a, I actually got a rose with a tattoo machine uh, tattooed uh, on my leg, and it's not done yet, but. Hopefully soon. I've been bugging them. <laughs> That's cool, man. Awesome, Mike. Thank you so much, man, for coming on and talking to me. I appreciate it. Um, if anybody is interested in getting tattooed by you, um, tell them where to where the best way to uh, to look at your work and and contact you. Uh, well, <laughs> I wish you luck. <laughs> that would be the first thing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, mdtattoos.com is my website uh it, there's a consultation form you could fill out um but i'll be i'll be forward uh with you guys um if you're not local or if it's on the ribs or uh chest i might say no it just tweaks out my body um a lot of people get pissed off at me because i say no sometimes but you know what um it's just one of those things like you you get tweaked out, you know, like sitting there for hours and hours and hours tattooing a certain body part. So if I say no, uh, don't get mad. <laughs> that's all I got to say. But, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Cool. MDTattoos.com. Yeah, MDTattoos.com. Everybody go check that out. Um, man, Mike, thank you so much, dude. I appreciate it. I, this is There's so much to get to you, you know, to get to with a guy like you and an artist, and I hope that you come on again and – and uh, have another conversation at some point with us. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Call me up. All right, I will. Thank you. I want to thank everybody for listening. That was a wonderful talk with Mike. I had a lot of fun. 
Make sure to check him out at mdtattoos.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at OG Joe Swanson and check out my website, therealjoeswanson.com, for more info on me and the show. If you want to stay up to date on everything going down in the Sullen community, please follow Sullen Clothing on Instagram at Sullen Clothing and check them out on the web at www.sullenclothing.com. Sullen Clothing, art driven since 2001. Hey everybody, Sullen Radio is teaming up with Tattoos Cure Cancer to fight cancer one tattoo at a time. Every month on behalf of the listeners, Sullen Radio will donate to Tattoos Cure Cancer 50% of all contributions made to support this art-driven podcast. Follow at Tattoos Cure Cancer and at OG Joe Swanson for updates on this podcast partnership. To support both the podcast and help Tattoos Cure Cancer fight a disease that affects our tattoo community daily, you can donate any amount now via PayPal to ogjoeswanson at gmail.com. Check out tattooscurecancer.com and therealjoeswanson.com for more info. Next week on Sullen Radio, musician, tattooer, and Long Beach local, Opie Ortiz. From Russia, from Germany, from all over, they're just doing incredible work. I think it's cool, you know, because it is a connection to people that you admire and it is inspiring, but people just tend to overdo it and spend too much fucking time on it. So he had, like, given me all these, you know, they were just, like, all his lyrics. You know, that's when I did the back cover artwork, you know, so, like, it all pertains to the album. I hadn't heard the song, so when I heard him, I was just like, I fell in love with him, you know, I was like playing him over and over again, and no one, no one had heard him, so I'm just blaring it, and everyone's just like, what are you listening to, you know what I mean? They didn't know what it was. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes of Sullen Radio. Listen now at therealjoeswanson.com.